Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 190, and I'll be perfectly transparent with you guys, as, as I always am. I don't know why, but, like, you ever get those just waves of nostalgia for some reason? You'll just be like, life was better at a certain point, and I didn't realize it at the time. That just hit me for some reason as I was driving home for work one day, so I'm just like, no structure, no form, just... Shooting it freestyle when it comes to discussion. Random movie memories. There's no real criteria to this. Josh and I are just going to tell movie-adjacent stories. That's really the only caveat to it. There's no structure to this. Uh, I was going to map out some stories that I had in mind, but... I said, screw it. We're just going to freeform this. We're going to have our usual discussion topic, our news topics, and we'll go into a completely freeform discussion. It should be a lot of fun. But Josh, how you doing tonight? I'm chilling like a villain, my dude. Of course you are. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. It's either chill like a villain or uh, live in the dream. Live I'm not in sure the if it's mine, but it's somebody's dream, I'm sure. Live in the dream is white person talk for I'm dying inside. And that's why I say it all the time. Anyway, <laughs> um, this afternoon, actually, I just beat uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 on nice. the remaster. So, you know, really... <laughs> really doing like a lot of productive stuff today. So, 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 before we get into what we're watching, I got to share this story with Josh and y'all listening at home and a friend of mine who I believe sometimes listens to the show. I don't, I don't know. So yesterday, Tuesday, I checked Twitter and I see that Revenge of the Mummy at Universal Orlando is doing Mm -hmm. technical rehearsals. So they're not Mm -hmm. technically open. They're not advertising that they're open, but they're letting guests on, but they're just like, hey, Right at your own risk, we're still fixing the bugs because, you know, it's got to be open this weekend for Horror Nights. So my friend and I from work were just like, we're both off tomorrow. Let's get up at the butt crack of dawn. I'll meet you at park open. We'll wait in line for the mummy. And it's better be open. So they opened the queue after about 20 minutes in the blistering sun. It sucked. It was so hot. Sun was like, we're in like the one spot that the sun was looking directly at us. And it was already like... It's, it's like already, you're in Florida or something. Yeah, yeah. It was already like 90 degrees at like 9 a.m. So we're just suffering. Also, there's a massive thunderstorm right now. So if we lose power, it's Josh's fault. Um, Got it. Hurt. Not like that hasn't happened before on the podcast. We've lost everything. But getting back on track, uh, we waited for about 20 minutes. They finally released the line. And my friend just goes, it's finally happening, Nathan. We're getting on. The, we're finally going to ride the mummy because it's been refurb. It's been down for refurbs for uh, eight months. And so I told her specifically, I was like, I won't believe it until we're on actually on the ride. So we get through the queue. Everything seems fine. We get on the ride and already it's starting to make a lot more noise than it did before. Like some stuff's grinding a little more. Everything just seems a little louder, not in terms of like the special effects or anything, but like the ride itself is being loud. So for anybody that's ridden Revenge of the Mummy in Orlando, there's just like a traditional ride part before you go backwards and then you go launch forward into an actual coaster. So everything's going fine. We fall backwards. We turn around. We're about to hit the launch and we don't move. And we're going balls. (laughs) Emphasis on tech rehearsal. And so after about five or ten minutes of just kind of sitting there in stun silence and we're all just kind of going we're all kind of too afraid to check our phones right now because it could be the one moment that we launch into the stratosphere and actually ride yeah. the ride. After about five to ten minutes, the lights come up and the PA is just going, 
your ride is currently stalled, to which all of us are just sitting in the car going, yeah, no, duh, you think? <laughs> and so after about 20 minutes, the um, evacuation team comes and is like, yep, sorry, ride's down beyond what we can let you guys ride. So we're seeing a little bit of the mummy with the lights on. We all have to be evac'd. And um, a friend and I were just like, I really should have clarified when I said all it takes is for us to get on the ride and it'll be okay. <laughs> we needed to get through the ride <laughs> and then get off the ride. It's the technicalities. I love and that. now my friend will never let me live that down because I said specifically, we just need to get on the ride. Apparently that's not enough anymore. But in case any of you diehard Orlando fans were curious, because I know I was, Brendan Fraser survived. And that's all that matters in this world. So yeah, I'm determined I'm riding the mummy at some point. It's just a matter of the mummy. Will the le mummy let me ride it? Because... Oh, yeah? Didn't seem likely that day. We got on literally everything else. But although we had a delay on another ride, like it took us a little bit longer for the ride to actually start. And I go, I swear to God, if I broke another ride. <laughs> you start being the, the bad luck of all the rides in the park. <laughs> I, watch this transition right here. I start to I be you. I start to be the Brad Pitt and Bullet Train. Dude, you finally saw it. I saw after my theme park exploits, which the rest of the day everything worked. I saw Bullet Train today, and it won't be my favorite movie of the year, I don't think, but it will probably have my favorite dialogue of the year. The dialogue in Bullet Train is so quippy and snappy and so Guy Ritchie esque. This felt like a Guy Ritchie movie, right down to the accents. Gosh dang it, I hate when Josh is right. Aaron Taylor Johnson is the best thing about this movie. Like Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt's great as the main guy. Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry. Without doubling into spoilers for this movie, I need and a, a lot to spoil, absolutely. Oh, the trailers show about the first 20 minutes. That's about it. I was very happy with that. Which yeah. is shocking considering this is a Sony movie. I need a movie with the twins. We'll just say that. The twins <laughs> are the best thing about this movie. Watching two grown men argue about Thomas the Tank Engine and the moral lessons of Thomas the Tank Engine, I never knew I needed. But honestly, as much as I love Brad Pitt, he has never been funnier than he is in this movie. Oh, yeah. There's a couple lines in this that I'm going to go, that's going right into my vernacular. Of, if you know, you know, if I had one in the chamber, I would use the crap out of this right now. Yes. I'm going, I'm stealing that. I'm using that. <laughs> it's so, like, I agree. It probably won't be my favorite movie this year, but it's definitely, like, maybe squeaking on in my top 20 all time. It is, it's a all good time. Film. All time. It's a lot of fun to me. And, like, I. Wow actively upset that i was entertained by aaron taylor johnson his accent <laughs> was so good i was like stop 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 being entertaining i want to hate you but also he gets emotion out of you yeah oh and i the the twins joke is fantastic like all of the cameos are fantastic oh especially that last one carver just <laughs> carver carver's not even supposed to 
It was supposed to be Carver's job, but he called in sick with stomach flu. Who still calls in sick these days? Come on, man up. That was so good. Oh, like, so I, good. Not going to be the, the best movie of the year, but I had so much fun with it. This is absolutely a fun movie. I was very pleasantly surprised that the trailers did not give away everything. Mm-hmm. I'll talk about another movie before the other movie that I know Josh and I both saw this week. Um, yes. I tracked down another Tom Cruise movie that I was determined was going to be better than Oblivion, and it was. Uh, American Made, uh, directed by Doug Liman, who also did Edge of Tomorrow, starring Tom Cruise. So this is a partially... Mm-hmm, um, some of the details are true, some of it's not. A partially true story um, of Tom Cruise plays this guy that basically hustled both the FBI and Pablo Escobar. He worked for both at the exact same time of this mm. dude that basically started off taking pictures for the FBI or the CIA, but then got caught by the drug cartel, and they're just like, we know you're taking pictures. That's okay, but how do you feel like, you know, running drugs for us at the exact same time, and then the government finds out that he's doing drugs, running drugs, and they're just like, yeah, yeah, that's fine, but then, uh, we want this insurgency to rise up, so you can kind of deliver guns while you're delivering um, drugs, and like, he gets... In way over his head, and it's kind of, it's what I wanted the Wolf of Wall Street to be, of, like, it glorifies excess, but there's actual penalties for mm-hmm. it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very, very entertaining. It's so over the top. This is the movie that uh, actually taught Tom Cruise how to fly a plane. A lot of people are just like, he learned how to fly a plane for Top Gun. No, he already knew how to fly a plane. He learned how to fly a plane for American Made, which watching American Made, he didn't really need to learn how to fly a plane. No, He's like the typical Tom fashion. <laughs> but like it's also entertaining and kind of weird and bizarre to see. There's a scene where like one of the drug cartel guy gives him like a uh a um um cross of Mary or not cross of Mary. Uh, but like a rosary yeah like a rosary or something to put on his dashboard as he's making this really really short runway take off seeing weird it's weird seeing tom cruise hold any form of religious artifacts whatsoever that aren't somehow related to scientology uh american made is probably one of the few movies that with tom cruise that josh would actually like it wouldn't be his favorite but i think you'd find it fascinating because the stuff that they the fact the stuff that they dramatize is not that far off base of what they actually happen like a lot of stuff they made up a lot of stuff they didn't make up of going how how is this a person that existed but it was insane uh it's pretty good better than oblivion that one hard though the other movie that josh and i watched this week orphan first kill now just like the first one, Josh and I both went into Orphan First Kill mm-hmm. as blind as possible. Josh probably less blind because I told him how there good was... it was, but yeah. I didn't tell him. I tried not to tell him that there was a twist, so that way he wouldn't know to expect it. But even if you know there's a twist coming in Orphan, like the original, I still don't think you see the twist coming. And the twist in Orphan 2 somehow matches the twist in the first one going, I was liking this movie enough. But you big brain this. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very curious by this now. Mm-hmm. I'm very pleasantly surprised. Also, I tweeted about the movie and how much I liked it. And both the writer and the director liked the tweet, which I thought was very surprising. But cool. They're, they're very active on social media, apparently. Good job, guys. <laughs> we're, making it, no, no, no. we're making it on, so, on, on in show business that, now. That's, that's, that's how it is. We don't yeah. even have 100 <laughs> followers on Twitter, but they still found us. Uh, this was a movie I didn't want, but I'm still happy it exists. It very pleasantly surprised me. 
Yeah, no, I agree. Um, without diving too much into spoilers, the twist is fantastic, but I think they don't lean. I think the twist comes too early, and mm. then the result is it makes the last like third of the film like kind of feel like super rushed. Um, the other thing I watched this week is a little little show on Hulu called uh, The Bear. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's a it's about uh, this you know world-renowned chef whose brother commits suicide and gives him his restaurant in the will oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. i've heard of this oh yeah that it's, sounds like a josh show oh it is i actually got like lots of ptsd from it like i was like, <laughs> like oh like there's a scene of like i the ticket machine like printing out like continuously and everyone freaking out over it i was like been there done that oh man like there's a lot of scenes in it that i was like uh they, they ripped these two from my actual life and i'm not a fan of that at okay. all just because I got to ask, because I worked two summers in food and I just want to know if I if Josh has had the same experience. Have you ever heard, had nightmares about beepers in your like kitchen? Oh, equipment? dude, like all the time, oh, like I, you're I, just I, like ah, beepers going off. Get the fries out. <laughs> go, go, go. Yes, I've, I've had that. I've had um, I've heard the ticket machine like just randomly. I'm like in the house and it's <laughs> quiet and it just do, 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 do. like, no, no, not here. Not here at all. Uh, I would highly recommend it. The show. Uh, is better written than I think I was expecting. There's a lot of like little little mysteries that are are there, but and the characters are all interesting. Anyway, yeah, fantastic the bear. So our first news topic of the week, um, a surprise to be sure. I don't know. If it's welcome. A, I don't know if it's a welcome one or not. <laughs> but I'm not gonna poo poo it entirely for the poo poo it entirely. Okay, dude. Uh, speaking of poo poo. We're not going to talk about it, but quick shout out to Dahlberg, who asked us to talk quickly about the Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey trailer. Um, Let's go. How does that thing look even cheaper than I thought? Like, <laughs> I was expecting it to look like it was made for $10, but it looks like Spirit Halloween movie has a bigger budget. But that makes sense. I'm still going to watch it. But getting back to the Fantastic yeah. Four news that we've got here that I'm on the fence about. Uh, Fantastic Four lost its director John Watts a few months ago, and they've been on yep. the hunt for a new director ever since. Well, we heard a bunch of names being floated out there, and supposedly from insider scoopers, Marvel's looking at big-name directors, and Steven Spielberg was one of the names at one point. I never no, bought that. Um, Get out of here. But the name that supposedly Marvel has settled on is WandaVision director Matt Shackman, which surprises me to a certain extent, but at the same time doesn't, uh, because while I didn't love the f how WandaVision ended up, I know a lot of people did, and I really think Kevin Feige liked how WandaVision worked, and so I think he trusts this guy enough. Kevin Feige also has a track record of bringing on television guys, like uh, Joe and Anthony mm -hmm. Russo, before doing Captain America, had extensive work with television. I think they did Community, is what they were famous for. I think so, yeah. Um, so this makes sense that they bring in a television guy, and a television guy with so much experience like he's worked on so many different shows uh i didn't even know until they did a full rundown of the stuff tv shows that he worked on he wrote and probably direct i think possibly also directed at least like five or six episodes of psych some of them being <laughs> pretty good but not like standout episodes like the freddie bridge jr episode uh but i was like oh okay that that makes me a little more on your side if you if you've done some psych work <laughs> Maybe not some psych psych yeah, ward. That, sure, that sure, sounds sure. that sounds yeah. like he's been in a psych ward. Um, yeah, this isn't Lena. He, mm, which 
It's weird to say, but Josh's new celebrity crush is the girl from Orphan. <laughs> uh, it's, I hate it. I hate it, dude. I got at least it's not like a like a like a squirrel or something. Which to clarify, now. people, she's like twenty five. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but Josh, uh, Matt man. Shackman, who is not in working in a psych ward, not a twelve year old girl. Uh, <laughs> I okay. Here's the thing. I think WandaVision... One division is a really tough conversation for I think for both of us because there is a lot of it that I really enjoyed and while I think they do suffer from maybe not like fulfilling all of the promises that they set up throughout the show, uh, the the ending is still pretty satisfying for the most part. Uh, the cinematography cinematography is pretty pretty spot on and all the character work is pretty pretty good. Um, I think. I mean, I don't really think it's a, that big of a stretch to have him do this, and I, I, I'm not necessarily nervous about it. I'm not, a, I'm not, you know, being like, yeah, absolutely, let's do this, let's get in there. Uh, but I mean, if you're gonna go with the director, like he's, he's a pretty solid choice, I think. I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think that there's any glaring downsides. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm with you. Of, I don't hate it. I don't love it either. But it, it's a it's a safe pick. I think too many people had their expectations high of mm-hmm. completely unverified sources, really. I think it might, maybe it was Variety or Hollywood Reporter. Maybe it was one of the major trades, but everyone was running with the idea that Disney was going to get a big name director because, quote unquote, Kevin Feige liked having Sam Raimi have more control over Multiverse of Madness so he could be more hands off with it. Um, Maybe he's going to be hands-off with... I highly doubt Kevin Feige is going to be hands-off with Fantastic Four. If there's one that he's going to micromanage the heck out of because he yeah. knows he's got to make it work, it's Fantastic Four. Because um, I think they're going to be very important going forward. And also, just like, this is the one besides X-Men that people are the most looking forward to is Fantastic Four of, like, yeah. are they finally going to get it right this time? Uh, I think... Shackman doesn't blow me away as the option. But at the same time, while I didn't love WandaVision, I loved his attention to detail in WandaVision yes. with how every episode was presented within the time period that it was set in. So I think depending on how we want to present Fantastic Four, that could work because there's been yeah. theories forever that it's set in the 60s and it's like the origin. They are Marvels for family and that they get caught in a quantum realm or whatever. Uh, and according to Kevin Feige, it's not going to be an origin story, which I still question that decision. But hey, it leaves the door open for them to fight Mole Man. Mole Man! <laughs> I say that. I say that. But D23 is next weekend. So we won't talk about mm-hmm. it on next podcast because D23 won't happen. But in two weeks from now, I feel like one of the discussion topics we'll be talking about is the full major cast for Fantastic Four. I feel pretty confident now yeah, Matt Shackman will come on stage at D23, be officially announced, because he hasn't been officially announced by anybody within Marvel yet, I don't think. Uh, he'll come out on stage, and then one by one, they'll introduce the cast. Our Johnny Storm, Joe Keery, just throwing that out there, um, Ben Grimm, Seth Rogen, because I can totally see that, and then sue storm and they will save mr fantastic for last uh i think they'll save mr fantastic for last because i they know people have been waiting for that the most of 
at this rate, it's it's not fully the Henry Cavill Superman situation, but it's very much of we want Krasinski. There's a lot of people that want Krasinski. There's a lot of people that don't. But at this point, it's more of we just want answers more than anything else. And we'll live with yeah. it either way. It's just we're getting tired of this. Every rumor at one point or another of it's this guy. It's this guy. It's the guy from yeah. you. Yeah. I've heard Henry Cavill's name being thrown out there. I'm going, guys, I have a headache. Just stop. Like. It's not Cavill because, again, those unverified sources are like, well, I'm like, stop it. Don't you give me hope. I'm tired of the yeah. cry Cavill. But I feel like we're going to get some fantastic forecasting and bring it back around to Mole Man. I'm sticking with my guns. And I didn't I'm not just saying that because I put him in my uh, story pitch. I'm willing to bet money that Mole Man will be the first villain because I think they'll save Dr. Doom for later. I'm not one of those people that's immediately hop, hopping on the train of. Well, in the comic, Doctor Doom was the major villain in Secret Wars, so they gotta introduce Doctor Doom soon so he could be the villain in Secret Wars for this one. I'm going, is it really that hard to believe that it's Kang? For, like, both of them. Like, Kang. <laughs> yes. Like, yes, it is. Like, Feige said that it would be. Uh, like, I, I get that y'all want Doom. And I want Doom, too. I want but Doom. It, yeah. But it's possible that Kevin Feige means what he says, and that Kang actually is the villain of Phases four, five, and six. What a weird novel concept. Um, yeah. But I, Shackman's not the sexy name. But for the most part, both talent-wise and behind the camera, Marvel gets the right choices. I trust their people for the most part. I was, I wasn't overly thrilled with what Sam Raimi did with Multiverse of Madness. But I, I'm not gonna lie. At the time, I was very excited with his. Yeah. But even then, that was a situation that he was not the first pick. Scott Derrickson, who directed the first Doctor Strange, was expected to come back, but he left due to creative differences, probably wanting to introduce more horror than what they did. He went on to do Black Phone, and I think it worked out better for all parties involved. Um, I still think Scott Derrickson could come back to the MCU someday. He's maintained a very professional relationship with them. He seems like a very cordial and good guy to work with. He says he wants to do work with Benedict Cumberbatch again in a horror movie, to which I'm going, oh god, yes please. Um, Jackman, he's a safe pick, but which I think, yeah, that's kind of what the MCU is becoming right now. Is they're they're kind of going with the yeah. safe picks, but D twenty three, who knows? They could have some major surprises that they're taking some big swings at D twenty three. Yeah, that and that, and that's fair. I, the only reason I'm hesitant to say that they're going to save the the casting of of Mister Fantastic to last, I think, is just because I think at this point. If you are going with John Krasinski, you just lead with that because that 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 confirms everything, and then you get. But then you blow like, your load on the first guy. No one else is excited for the other three, depending on who you get. Depending, depending on who you end it with, like it, if you actually. So if this isn't, or, or origin, if you end with a doom casting, that's what I'm saying. Is I think if you end with Krasinski, then you're not going with John. If you lead with Krinzinski, then you're doing a doom. To me, in my mind, you're doing a doom casting right off the bat. So, who knows? We'll see. Changing gears now from Marvel to DC. Last week, we talked about how Greg Berlanti might be in the running to be the head of DC, to which I told y'all, shoot that down, because if David Zaslav really likes Greg Berlanti, he wouldn't have canceled all of Berlanti's shows. Uh, <laughs> now, it seems like we have a new guy. Again, this is not confirmed. They supposedly are in negotiations, but it seems like Warner Brothers has found their 
Kevin Feige, so to speak, for DC, just because that's the closest equivalent we have, in Dan Lin. Now, a lot of people, myself included, are not going to be familiar with the name Dan Lin, to which, I'll be honest, that makes me more excited, the fact that I haven't heard this mm -hmm. name. This is a role that, like, we shouldn't know the person going into it. Uh, diehard fans might have known who Kevin Feige was before Iron Man, but Kevin Feige became the the rock star that he is in the nerd world after yeah. many years and also working on a lot of things. Dan Lin has a very long track record of being a producer on a bunch of hit projects. Uh, he was the producer on both the new it movies, say what you will about the second one, but they're hugely successful. Uh, he did the Robert Turner Jr. Sherlock Holmes movies. He has a bunch of experience and I think it was a vanity fair or Hollywood reporter had an article about him when this news broke again, Warner brothers themselves has not officially come out yet. So this is supposedly they're in negotiations and they haven't signed on the dotted line yet, but Dan Lynn, something that immediately stood out to me in the article was he is well liked in the industry and he is not afraid to go to people when he does not know something. And I'm going, that is what I need to hear. Yeah, I need someone absolutely. that is willing to collaborate with others. Uh, and I know some people are like, well, does he know the comics? Here's something y'all aren't going to like. He doesn't need to. He can let mm -hmm. the creatives be in charge of it. Like, sure, Kevin Feige knows the comics, but Marvel was not his first priority. He openly admits that Star Wars is his first love and passion. Marvel and Star Trek are about tied for second, according to the man himself. Like, he became a Marvel expert later. I don't think the qualification for this is you have to be an expert in DC Comics. That That's what you hire directors and actors and other people in your bubble to work on. The fact that the reports are he's very well liked. Uh, the problem is that I've seen... And maybe it's just me wanting to come to the defense of this guy real quickly is so many people were shooting this down because they read the headline of the article of this is the guy that produced the it movies and will produce the new live action avatar last airbender series for netflix and everyone already just goes he was responsible for that a show they've never seen before but because it's rebooting something from their childhood they already write this guy off i'm just like mm -hmm. it's I think I, I blame more the person that put that in the headline because they know it would generate clicks of they're just like, yes, this guy is producing a project that I haven't seen before, but it's a remake of something that I like. Really? Look at this other catalog of stuff that he has done that you do like. He's been in this industry a long time. And then you've got those real bad people. They're just like, he doesn't quote unquote, look like me or act like me. Therefore, he's not qualified. I'm like, just because he doesn't know what issue of Crisis on Infinite Earth Supergirl dies in doesn't mean he can't do the job well yeah yeah and i i think the the, the big thing and i think uh, nerds are really bad about this i said that being a nerd um whenever we see somebody going into this kind of this role it, it's very easy to be like what's their comic knowledge blah 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 and to be quite honest like you said i don't think it matters because if new you have day someone, rocks. Oh, sorry. Yes. Uh, oh, God, God. I haven't heard New Day Rocks chant in a while. I love that. Um, but but in, in my mind, if you have all of the knowledge, then you're constantly, you're pulling a Marvel where you're like, 
always winking at the camera like, ah, yes, we introduced this person. You know that that name. Wink, wink. You know what they're going to do later down the road. Wink, wink. Like it just a lot of like you don't need to do that to tell a good story. And I don't think, uh, you know, there's this thing called research that people do all the time that you can get the information you need in order to tell good stories. And I don't think you need the whole you know, world of comic book knowledge in order to understand the story that you're trying to tell. Um, yep. Yeah. So that's kind of like where I was landed on, I guess, to me. And especially like if he's producing the new uh, Avatar series, the live action one, um, the casting alone makes me interested in that show. So like, let's, I, I don't understand why we're hating on that. I understand if people are like, uh, oh, it, it part two. Mm, yeah no i'm good because the, yeah it part two is okay at but, best but here's where i will give everyone involved with it chapter two a pass because let's be honest the first half of it is so much stronger than the second half and it always will be because the second one is very much just a rehash of yes part one like if the kids just did their job and finished off it the first time the book would be a whole lot shorter and probably better because um, mm -hmm. the second half is just rehashed. They just split them up only to bring them back together again and completely needlessly kill awesome characters. The The difficulty is, no matter who was put in this situation, whether it was Dan Lin, Greg Berlanti, mm -hmm. um, whoever else that does not have the name Kevin Feige will have an uphill battle because for better or for worse, they will be compared to Kevin Feige, even though the roles will probably be very different and their approach very different. Fans will, the thing is, if you're too much like Kevin Feige, they'll blame you and say, oh, he's he's just copying Marvel. But if yeah. you're not enough like Kevin Feige, they'll say, well, why aren't you just like Kevin Feige? Like Kevin Feige has established his reputation as a stand-up guy who's willing to work with creatives and build this universe over a decade. People want a decade's worth of success overnight of like, yes doesn't matter if it's Dan Lin, whoever else gets put in this position. Let's cut them some slack at first. I know people were like, you hated Bob Chapek right off the bat. Yeah, because he was in a position of power for years that I saw him do yeah, we, horrible we things. We already knew what we were going to get with yeah, Bob Yeah, we knew Chapek. what we were going to get. Um, So like when he goes into power, I'm going, yeah, I knew what to expect. We don't really know what he's bringing to the table yet. It could be great. Change sucks. And Warner Bros. Discovery is going through a lot of changes right now. Some yeah. of them are starting to piss me off too. I've, I'm defending them more than most. But I'll admit, some choices I hate too. But I'm not the one in charge making those choices. So I'll, I'll give them some slack. But yeah, it's, it's an uphill battle for no matter who's in charge. So I'm rooting for Dan Lin because I want these characters to succeed and do well. It's just... We may be toning it down with Kevin Feige comparisons, at least for now, because it's going to be a tough gig no matter who's in charge. Cause... Yeah, it's and it's not fair to Dan. Like he's like give, give he's got to give us a reason to hate him, because at this point, there's not really a real reason. And uh, um, and I'm going to say this. If uh, you're hating the decision of Dan Lin because um, he doesn't look like you, um, you can go ahead and just not be a part of the fandom. Appreciate it. Yeah, because whether people admit it or not, I'm sure there's some bias there. Yes. So, let's hop aboard the bad news, the, the DC bad news train. God, dude. This, yeah. this one's a weird one, though, of both Aquaman and Shazam, Fury of the Gods, 
have been delayed uh with Shazam Fury of the Gods being delayed till March 2023 and Aquaman being delayed till Christmas 2023. Odd. Um I'm try in the long term I think this will be good for both movies because, you know, more time to polish it. In the case of Shazam Fury of the Gods, as much as Josh and I don't care about Avatar, the fact that it's not going head to head with Avatar anymore is probably yeah. a good move. Um, it sucks that it's delayed, but if it means better box office for for Shazam, but also it means that we could see Shazam in IMAX. Cool. I'm fine with waiting because Avatar was actually going to hog up all the IMAX screens. They had them all booked up for when it comes out. Now with Shazam Fury, the guys coming out in March it will have a whole lot less competition. It can have the IMAX format, which will get some extra money. Um, mm-hmm. And also, David Sandberg is used to working with no money. So I'm sure he's used to making the best out of special effects. He can make it a whole lot better with more time. Same with James Wan. And I'm sure Atlantis needs a whole bunch of special effects. So polish that up. Finish that up as best as you can. Uh, take Amber Heard out back and don't bring her back. Like Kick her out. But don't give her the key to come back in. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're just going to not use her a whole lot. The question is, though, now. Mm-hmm. Aquaman will now come out after the Flash. So, timeline-wise, yeah. how is this going to impact everything? Because we heard Batman will supposedly have a presence in Aquaman, but it might have just been a cameo. But, like... We originally heard it was Michael Keaton because it was set after The Flash and Michael Keaton's Batman was going to be Batman going forward. Then we saw and confirmed that Ben Affleck filmed some stuff for Aquaman 2. So that was because Aquaman was coming out before Flash in the timeline. There was not the Keaton Batman yet. Now I'm just very confused, especially with Momoa going, yeah, man. We might even have more than one Batman in this movement going, Stop confusing me, Momoa! You already confused me enough! How is your hair so perfect? It confuses me. <laughs> but, like, you're you're not helping your case here, Momoa. You know we're already very confused by this timeline. The Flash is just throwing us all kinds of out of whack right now. This sucks that it's delayed, but Aquaman the first one did incredibly well having that Christmas-related time slot and became champion despite despite having a whole bunch of competition around the same time. Although I will blame you, Aquaman, for the lack lack of success for Bumblebee. That movie should have done a whole lot better at the box office. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh, Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom, I think it was Lost Kingdom, and Shazam! Fury of the Gods, both have been delayed. Thoughts? I... It's very hard, because, like, I I remember hearing a rumor and i can't remember where that you know discovery warner they're pushing stuff back because they don't have quote unquote don't have the money to release these these titles which right i off don't the buy bat. i don't know if i buy that at that all that doesn't make any sense i of mean why marketing? you would make them yeah like what that doesn't make sense at all no i think um, i think it's more of the zaslav mentality that he said in an interview of we're not going to release a movie until it's ready and i think maybe if the people involved with both movies said hey if at all possible could we have more time and he goes sure or maybe they want to space these movies out a little Mm -hmm. bit better because i feel like wasn't um aquaman an october release yeah and it was like only like a month or two after uh the flash 
Yeah, like it was. It? Yeah, they were. They they were. Everything was really really close together. So I I wouldn't be surprised if there was a reason for them to kind of you know push everything back. I. To me, like, and I think in this specific case, them pushing it back is not like a red flag in this case. I think that's a, hey, like you said, hey, can we have a little bit more time? Or, hey, can we, uh, you know, can, can let's space these things out a little bit more. Um, you know, having a movie in December is a, you know, during that winter time is a very good move. Putting your your Shazam in March is a very good move. Uh, that's building up to to the the summer season, and it's March is typically kind of quiet sometimes. So you know what? Yeah, that's a good move. December has the potential to be quiet. Hey, that's a good December's move. December's never quiet, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know, but sorry, I got a beard hair in my mouth. Ugh, that was gross. Um, but. Yeah, it just it doesn't spell doom to me like like I think it would have like a couple months ago. Um, my biggest complaint right now is all of that stuff that The Rock has been posting on his Instagram about all these big meetings they're having about Black Adam and how it's going to change everything. And I'm getting so stinking tired of it. It's okay, Rock. I'm excited enough for the movie, but it has nothing to do with Black Adam. I'm so more excited for Justice Society. Um I'm also more excited for Black Adam to come out just so we don't have to hear The Rock say the hierarchy of the DC universe is about to change. Like, dude, I get it. Yeah, this isn't a promo. This isn't a tagline. Like if you smell what The Rock is cooking, you don't have to ingrain it to our brains. You're not yeah. selling T-shirts. Oh, they probably are selling T-shirts with the phrase. I mean, wouldn't you? And they'll make it with a <laughs> crappy WWE shirt material. Although, admittedly, although admittedly, it has gotten better in recent years. Uh, I mean, yeah, but I'll never forgive them for for me spending money on my Dolph Ziggler shirt and it becoming like the most like like starchy uh, yeah like how i just got this shirt how does it feel like i starched it like what in the world also quick side tangent wwe you do realize you can make shirts in other colors besides black right no like, that's not allowed you're not no. pro wrestling tees we're not <laughs> to, be, to be fair most wrestling shirts are are black even even on uh in, on the independent circuit um whether for better or for worse uh, regardless though <laughs> um i think at the end of the day i'm putting the my faith in zaslov uh as far for, for this move as for now i it's getting i don't know about you it's getting really tough to defend them i mean they've they're having to make some really tough decisions yeah. so like i am i'm understanding but at the same time it's like like cop bump the right. brakes just a little bit man you yeah, can't save guys, all three billion on. overnight I mean, yeah, maybe. Well, uh, let's just add to Warner Brothers misery, shall we? Yes. Uh, and it looks like they might be losing a partner in Legendary. You know, the people that helped make them a lot of money last year with the MonsterVerse. Yep. Uh, and Dune. Let's not forget about yep. Dune as well was a Legendary movie. It seems like Warner Brothers and Legendary might be parting ways as Legendary their contract, I think, is up maybe next year, and they're shopping around their options. And supposedly, are interested in working with Sony and Paramount. I know so many people are gonna hop on this again. Warner Brothers is in trouble. Uh, Zaslav is ruining the company. I think part of what's happening is factoring into Legendary's decision. They might not be happy with what's currently going on, but I think the bulk of the frustration. 
whether people want to admit it or not, has nothing to do with the current administration. Mm-hmm. It has everything to do with freaking idiot Jason Kalar and the previous administration. So Jason Kalar was the head of everything that made the executive decision without telling anyone, made the executive decision, hey, all of our Warner Brothers stuff that's coming out in 2021 is going to theaters and HBO Max the same day. And all the industry goes, screw you. No, especially Legendary, who financed most of Godzilla vs. Kong and Dune and was going to be severely hurt by this, actually took Warner Bros. to court. Um, I don't think the situation is completely lost. It's just a matter of, okay, this will be the first major test for Zaslav among mm-hmm. you know many others. Can he keep Legendary? He's supposed to be really great with relationships. Can he keep legendary? Can he repair this relationship that I'm sure he hasn't helped so far, but the bulk of the issues were pre-existing? Like, yeah, I don't think y'all realize how much damage Jason Clark did to the Warner Brothers brand that I know the first the changes at Warner Brothers Discovery right now seem frustrating and I get it. I don't like all of them either, but they're working double overtime to try and repair the damage. And I know it may not seem like it, and even some industry insiders are like, yeah, they're not helping much. They, the previous administration did so much damage that they are still trying to get the splinter out, so to speak, before it gets even more infected. Uh, and this is one of those, of Kalar and everything else just screwed so much of Legendary. Um, yeah. But to be so, fair, I... to be fair, Legendary has not always worked with Warner Brothers. They've done other, they've worked with other companies yeah. before. So well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so like, it's not like them moving to go work with another studio is that big of a deal. Um, I I do think I agree with you on that. Uh, it definitely is. This is coming more from the way WWE, WWE, geez, WB uh, screwed over uh, legendary pictures over the pandemic. And because at first it was like straight up, yo, Dune and uh, Kong versus Godzilla is uh, going straight to streaming. We're not going to even put it in theaters. And uh, to which it was like, hey, yo, um, can't do that. It's kind of a contract breach. Uh, that's uh, you, can't, you can't just do that. Hold up, and that's why Legendary eventually took them to court suing, and I believe they settled. I'm not, I'm not 100 on that, but uh, yeah, it's it, it, it to me, it's coming more from there. And honestly, like if you know your contract is up, and you know the past two years, the company you've been working with is has basically tried to throw you under the bus. Um, yeah, I wouldn't want to work with them either. I mean, I understand that there's new a new regime in place, uh, but like, I, I I don't fault Legendary for their for their hesitance. Um, I do think, you know, Zaslav can potentially keep them, but and that's partially just for me. I would love to have all of the Dune movies come out of the same studio, and like, yes, they're all going to come from Legendary, but. I would love it for to all be in one place. So, you know, if, if you know, if HBO Max is still a thing, uh, you know, this time next year, um, we, I can all the Dune movies are there or, you know, so you know what I mean? So I, I, I would prefer, obviously, if Legendary Pictures stay with Warner. But honestly, I don't blame them if they don't. Yeah, I think both Sony and Paramount are both in a much better situation currently than they were like even two or three years ago, because Sony yeah. 
I was thinking about today. Sony's had a pretty decent year this year. Uh, Uncharted over-delivered for them at the box office. Say what you will about the quality of the movie. I don't think it's that bad, but it it did well at the box office. Bullet Train is... It's doing okay. Not nearly as well as they're hoping, but it's making some money for them. And then, you know, the catastrophic box office success that was morbid time like that was such a <laughs> high point for sony this year they, the, they'll the, never top that it. it still makes me laugh that the meme community memed sony so hard that they're like oh no they actually like it they're gonna watch it again if we re-release it and then nobody went and saw it they're like oh and then all the memes were like sorry sony we were busy that weekend do it again we'll see it this time we promise <laughs> uh but even paramount paramount's right now the top mm-hmm. dog right now because of top gun maverick and tom cruise going see i told you i'd single-handedly say the box offices were going you were about to be totally insufferable aren't you tom because <sighs> you were right Tom Cruise <laughs> might have single-handedly saved Paramount this year with Top Gun Maverick. Like, yeah, that because that thing's still going, isn't it? It's still there's a very good chance, depending on how Spider-Man More Fun Edition does, it could be number one again. Because like, Beast is under delivering. Uh, Dragon Ball, I think everyone went out to see it that first weekend. Top Gun could get the first, could get number one again in like its tenth or eleven week. It's like my big fat Greek wedding all over again. <laughs> Which, if you, Which haven't, is if like, you haven't heard, what a before, movie to be compared to. <laughs> seriously, y'all, if you have not heard about the box office of uh, my big fat Greek wedding, it's the most fascinating story. Look it up. Of like, there was like no drop off from week to week. It was the weirdest thing. Uh, I can see Legend going to either one of these, mm-hmm. but I, this is interesting to say the least. I. I I just won't completely rule it out yet that the divorce is happening. It's just going to be an uphill battle for Zaslav to retain them. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Because it's uh, because of the last two years of what all everything Warner has done, because of the last couple of months of what Warner is and Discovery is doing. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if there's if there's a lot of hesitancy from Legacy. And you know what? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe there's a big old grand plan that we're not aware of that, like, Zaslav's like, guys, don't worry, I got you. But, like, who knows? I guess we'll let's uh, have this conversation, same conversation this time next year, and uh, we'll see what happens. Lastly, for our news topics is honestly, and I mean this with full 100% sincerity, one of my most anticipated movies of the year. And after this trailer, I'm even more excited for weird the weird owl story starring everyone's favorite future wolverine daniel radcliffe <laughs> no. i refuse to, it will not be tom hardy you need to let that oh, no, go no, no. I, let, I, let, I let go of tom hardy a while ago no <laughs> it's gonna be the dude from letter kenny you watch and i totally I mean, just, I don't hate that either I, I totally stole that from nando v movies but it will be daniel radcliffe mark my words um so they fir- they finally showed the first official trailer for Weird, the Al Yankovic story. And I'm not going to lie, the first time I watched this trailer, I kind of hated it because I didn't get the joke. And I was just like, why are we portraying a Weird Al as an alcoholic? I don't think he ever dated Madonna. And then I felt like an idiot because I got the joke because I didn't know what this movie was going to be. I was expecting this movie to be walk the line when in mm-hmm. reality 
It's Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. For those that don't know, that is a spoof of a biopic as opposed to a biopic. I was expecting this to be a straight biopic for some reason. But now, seeing... Uh, it's Weird out. It's the only thing that makes sense. Of course he's yeah. parodying <laughs> biopics, which yeah. that makes the Daniel Radcliffe thing make so much more sense. Because in case y'all didn't know, Daniel Radcliffe is one of the funniest actors working today. He yes. is so charismatic. He's so funny. And I've seen so many people that are just like, Weird Al is so tall. Daniel Radcliffe is so short. He's not the right height. He doesn't even sound like him. That's the joke. That's the <laughs> point of the trailer. He's not even singing. It's literally a Weird Al song playing over bad lip singing from Daniel Radcliffe. But that's the joke. The moment that it hit me was the second time I watched the trailer is when he's a kid sitting on the table with his parents and his parents are going, you just have to learn to accept who you really are and and get rid of all the things that you love or care about <laughs> and get a real job going. That is so on the nose. Because to be honest, there is some history with Madonna, but not like romantic history with Weird Al. Uh, what's her? Because uh, Madonna supposedly actually was one of the few people that's actually come to Weird Al requesting yeah. a spoof. So there is there is actually some history there. And casting Evan Rachel Wood as Madonna, perfect. I cannot wait for this movie. I was excited before, but the fact that this is a spoof of biopics, a genre that is so easy to pick apart anyway i cannot wait and the fact that weird al himself is in the trailer multiple yeah. times yeah <laughs> like oh my gosh it's so it's good so good dude i um i thankfully i was in on the joke the whole not not in on the joke but like i was even if this was like not a spoof i was down for it i was like yeah okay yeah i'm here for this sure whatever i don't remember her him dating madonna i love that oh him sticking that lit cigarette on somebody's hand seems a little out of character but okay yeah i'm here <laughs> it's the only thing that makes me mad is that this is on roku and i'm gonna have to find a way to watch it without ah, oh, i mean man. it's on roku so it should just be free i'd imagine I guess, but I just, yeah, Daniel Radcliffe is easily one of the funniest people working right now. Uh, if you've seen Swiss Army Man, if you've seen, like, uh, the Guns Akimbo, uh, he's genuinely hilarious, um, genuinely, like, charismatic and apparently ripped. Um, he was so, so jacked, jacked in that shot where he's coming out of the egg or whatever. Yes. I was going, dang, Wolverine. To, 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 mm, to me, that adds to the joke, though, is because like Weird Al is not, not known for being jacked at all. Oh I, man, I love though the the joke of just like I was a raging alcoholic. I cast away my bandmates, which only diehard Weird Al fans know. He has a band with him that he's had his entire career. Like he's yeah. he's 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 an uber loyal dude, but also he's never drank. He's never done drugs. He's like. More straight edge than CM Punk, except he's not a dick. Like, I was talking to all my coworkers. Weird Al is like Steve Irwin and Mr. Rogers. No one hates him. 
he is a great human being that literally everyone's <laughs> just like Weird Al. Oh yeah, Weird Al, man, Weird Al. Dude, what a what a guy. But it's like I it's so the, cool being oh a Weird Al God. fan. Going, hey, that's the music video for Like a Surgeon. That's the yes. that's that that's that. I'm I'm gonna be rewarded for this, aren't I? <laughs> I think my favorite favorite line in the trailer is like, yeah, Al Yankovic. That's such a long name. We need to change that. Weird. What about Weird Al Yankovic? I love it. Like that's a, I was like, yeah, that works. And the works. fact that it's Rain Wilson as Doctor Demento. Yes. Oh, dude, and the top hat. I don't get it. I'm so bad. It's so. That, that's what Doctor Demento looked like. That's so funny. That's almost like spot on to Doctor Demento. <laughs> I just, yeah, I think the more and more I see it, this movie, the more and more I'm just gonna watch the crap out of it. I don't know, quote unquote, how good it will be, but like, it's. I'm going to enjoy the crap out of it. That's for sure. Yep. And as always, oh, oh, come on, graphic. You can do it. I believe in you. And as always, this week's episode <laughs> is sponsored by do a power roll out of this awkward transition because our graphics don't always work. Uh, this week's episode is sponsored by T public. Your one-stop shop for all things uncharted media merch, whether it's uh t-shirts, mugs, stickers, whatever you want with the uncharted media or other fantastic designs that we've got. Uh, Team Public's always got sales going on, so we should probably keep you guys in the loop for that, but we, we do a terrible job of that. Uh, support the <laughs> we're show. We're terrible at marketing. If you have, if oh, you gosh, we're so. so bad at marketing. We <laughs> really, really are. Um, <sighs> and if you haven't already, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, or if you haven't already subscribed to us on YouTube, help us get to 700 subscribers before the end of the year so we can talk about Darth Jar Jar with all the seriousness that it deserves. Yeah, baby! Uh, so... For our main discussion today, we really don't have any form of structure to this this week. We're just like, you know what? Anything movie related that we have memories or interesting stories that we have, let's talk about them. Because I don't know why, but I just like got on this like nostalgia trip specifically about family video. I'm just going, man, I'm so sad. I still have not gotten over that that's gone. Also, I looked it up on MapQuest. The building is still there with the family video branding going. Mm. So, so the Little Caesars is still there. She just got this big old empty family video. No one's moved into it. Okay, that's fine. I, I can't do the Harry <laughs> Potter meme of how dare you stand where he stood. <laughs> I've, I've seen, but like, I would totally like if it wasn't in the town that it's in. Um, I would totally go back and like put a bookstore in there. Like, I, that's like a perfect location for one. But uh, anyway, <laughs> oh, transform all family videos into bookstores and just keep the shelves. Well, they probably oh, I dude. think they sold. No, they sold the shelves too. Um, oh, that's fine. I'll buy shelves. I'm rich, obviously. More rich than you were a couple months ago. Oh, that is true. Me, me, you both, me. man. That's what it means getting into your 30s. You make more money, but also uh, everything costs more. <laughs> yeah, I've been looking at housing the past couple couple weeks, and it's like, ah, right. So anyway, you and me both, dude. Tennessee's Tennessee's a quickly flourishing too. state, and it price reflects that. Yes, uh, it does. So let's let's start with family video. I I I have a lot of memories, obviously, with family video. Uh, the sad thing is, though, the episode where we broke the news that family video was closing permanently. Josh wasn't on that episode. I think that was either during your hiatus or one of the weeks that you were just busy. 
So you and I have never really gotten to talk about our family video memories. And I've got more family video memories with you than I do with the person, Michael, that hosted that episode with me. Like, he he obviously came kicking and screaming with me the numerous times. Um, So I'm going to just open it up with this. I never saw the final tally of how much I spent at family video, but I saw how much I spent my freshman and sophomore year. And it was definitely in the triple digits. That a boy. And it wasn't that a boy. And it wasn't the number wasn't a one or a two. <laughs> Let's just say <laughs> I spent more time at least freshman year, I spent more time in failing video than I did with friends because um Well, you would have had to have them, right? Exactly. <laughs> and Josh knows the people that were on my floor freshman year. And those were yeah. what we call Two-Faced Scumbags. Can you spell that out with me, friends? Two-Faced Scumbags. It turns into like some weird like Sesame Street Dora the Explorer episode. Like, Can what's you it, um, see? Like the Eddie Murphy SNL. Do you yeah. know about squatters rights? <laughs> what you want? <laughs> it's just a, a skit from the Chappelle show. Modern problems to acquire modern solutions. <laughs> yeah, Josh is right. I had no friends freshman year. Uh, I could laugh about it now. I could laugh through the pain because uh, I have no pain now. But gosh, I despise the people freshman year. Two-faced backstabbers. Uh, happier times. I spent so much money there. Also, for a place called Family Video, you're a lot less family friendly than Blockbuster as, you know, there's two doors at Family Video. One goes to the bathroom. One goes somewhere else. Don't get those doors mixed up. Yeah, baby, let's go. All right, when you worked at Family Video, so I mean, we already lived there, but we would visit him all the time and go, "Where's the bathroom? Go to, uh, back there. Make sure you go to the left, not to the right. What's to the right? Oh, that's something different. Go to the right, and I'll know. <laughs> There's people that spent way too much time in the door on the right. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> not me, obviously. Mom, that's not me. Josh spent more time in the bathroom. <laughs> yes, I what did. What you mean? Considering there's a little Caesars next door? There's a little Caesars <laughs> next door? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which, okay. Soapbox. Little Caesars gets too much hate. They really do. If you get Little Caesars when it's hot and fresh, like when they just made it, not that bad. Also, Little Caesars, I will make the case that Little Caesars is the best pizza to have the next day. The cold <laughs> Little Caesars is better than any other pizza cold. <laughs> I just I have that Facebook meme in my head of like Little Caesars like, hey man, we got hot and ready pizza here. Is it, is good? it good? What part of hot and ready don't you understand? It is hot and it is <laughs> and ready. ready. What more do you want? <laughs> okay. What do you remember the first time you went to Family Video or do you remember like your earliest earliest family video memories? Do you remember any of our trips in particular? Okay, look, I'm gonna be straight with you. Josh's uh, terrible we, memory in general. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's it's a it's a historical fact that because of all my concussions, I, I there's a lot of stuff I just don't I just don't remember. Also, it's clo- we're closing in on six, seven years since college. <laughs> so uh you know some time has passed I we were do... freshmen 10 years ago i know it's kind of it's kind of crappy isn't it that kind of hate yourself there huh um... i was like 50 pounds lighter then <laughs> uh, no dude anybody that knew me in freshman year of college and high school if i stood sideways you couldn't see me i was a stick I mean, that's to... it's not that i get well mm, 30s <laughs> My metabolism is slowed way down. 
All say, that matters. Like, all that matters. Hasn't changed at all. <laughs> my diet has not changed. Well, my diet has changed. I've switched to zero sugar sodas for the most part, which honestly have gotten a whole lot better. Yeah, Random movie memories. So we just going to whole. So that helps so much. <laughs> oh, uh, dude. Okay, but, but okay, but, 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 but to get back on track. I got you. Okay. It's going to be so off the rails. <laughs> it is, it which is, is the whole point is. of this episode. We just wanted to just go um, off all kinds of rails. Like I, a bullet out, train. Outside. Ooh. Oh, gosh. Gosh, that movie's so good. Um, outside of the extensive horror movie marathons in college that we used to have um, during the whole month of October, which is fantastic. Um, I, I do have memories of like you and me and usually Alex. We'd be, we'd go, hey, like it's not far. It's actually pretty nice out. You want to just go walk? Let's go walk to. Oh, it didn't matter if it was video. nice out. That's fair. We'll talk Let's about go that. Walk to later. family video, and we'll get some stuff, and then we'll chill and quote unquote do homework while we watch a movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's not, that's, there's never never quotes. If on anybody that. knows Josh, he did not do his homework. If you look at my fresh my freshman year, like my first half of freshman year yeah i did not do homework yeah so did all. i i was on the honor roll freshman year because i had no friends so i had no choice but to do homework it was either oh, no, i had do I was, homework or face the harsh reality of the world <laughs> i was uh i was put on academic probation my freshman year dude like it was not good um but yeah i don't know like that explains of those, because of your field yeah <laughs> anyway um yeah but like i have a vivid memory of like one of my uh one of my, my roommate at the time, um, other Nate, um, he was like, Josh, you know, like you're always watching, you know, uh, martial arts movies, which is, that was like a weird staple for me in college of in like college. Always, yeah. Sh- okay. Don't, don't at me. <laughs> um, but like, he was like, yeah, there, there can't be that many good martial arts films. And I went, boy, let me treat you. And he's like, that I was like, I bet you twenty bucks, I can get you a good martial arts movie every day for for a whole month. And he was like, There's no way. And I started making a list and ended up with, uh, I think it was like 150, 150 movies, martial arts movies that were like actually pretty solid. And like handed it to him, and he was like, There's no. I was like, Watch him, find out. And he, I think he got halfway through, and he's like, Yeah, these are all movies, so these are really good. How can you discount an entire genre? I just, bro, I, I, it's so funny. We, we, we can be like, hey, Josh, do you remember, have any memories from col- college? I'm like, nah, not at all. Hey, Josh, do you have any martial arts movies you recommend? Bro, <laughs> welcome to my store here. Let me like show you like 15,000 movies that I know of. Funny thing is we could just stop it. Josh, do you have any memories? And they would just, <laughs> just stop. Maybe this, a con- maybe this discussion topic was a bad idea. In- memories in this or economy? <laughs> to be fair, y'all, if you listen to those older wrestling days episodes with Josh, his brain was, was yellow. Like, it was bad. Back when Josh was recording in cars. Gosh, dude. That, Let's talk about man, that. Oh, man. also, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll break that news at the end of this episode. We'll, we'll just make that executive decision now. I'll make that announcement at the end of this episode. So listen to our okay. ramblings and may, I'll make some news. Yeah. Um, All so, right. Yeah. So so hit me with some more, some, some actual like movie okay. memories. Family video. <laughs> Family video would rip you off and i kind of loved it so what i mean is they would rip you off is they would have the new releases and they'd be like what 3.99 for yeah one night 5.99 for like three nights and those quote-unquote new releases would last forever okay i'm still pissed about this it's gonna sound weird but why the heck 
was pitch perfect in your new release section for almost the entire time we were in college. Because it's not a new release if it's been multiple years. <laughs> but but it's a good movie. The sequels <laughs> had come out. <laughs> But they're not good. The first one doesn't better. matter if I want to go back and rank the first Pitch Perfect because, like Josh said, it is good. I like the first Pitch I like the first Pitch Perfect. Wow, that's so hard to say. I like it. I wanted to rent it. I didn't want to pay that much money when you have other rentals that were a dollar or two for a dollar. That's where Josh and I lived. Was the trash pile that was two for a dollar. Five good things would not exist without the two for one. Uh, the two for a dollar section, which was five, so many five movies. good things barely exist now. <laughs> but we got to get back on that idea. Let's, let's, we got to stop promising things that don't actually happen. That's that's our oh, worst yeah, character yeah. flaw. But okay, so I say Fail Invader ripped you off because a lot of the time the seasonal movies they put like on a shelf, like Halloween, Valentine's mm-hmm. Day, Christmas, and those would be specially marked prices of like. Two ninety nine or three ninety nine because they're seasonal movies. When those movies weren't in season, nine times out of ten they were in the two for a dollar section. So you could either watch the original Halloween on DVD or Blu-ray, by DVD at the time. Um, you could either watch those on DVD for fifty cents for mm, eleven months out of the year, or during Halloween, you could watch it for four dollars instead. <laughs> like the heck, man! You're ripping us off. You can't just stockpile all the Halloween movies for get them in March and just have them. Um, what they did? They we did probably could have done that because we had such good rapport with management that we could have just probably. they could have just been like, yeah, whatever. Screw your late fees. Just just keep them. No one's no one's asking for bats. Like we would always pass. <laughs> I remember we always pass bats. <laughs> The movie Bats. I'd never heard of the movie Bats. I've heard of it since, but there's a movie called Bats, and we pass it every single time. It was right next to, I think, like Battlefield 2049 yeah, or Battlefield yeah, Earth. Yeah. Like, I had the lineup memorized for a really like, long time. We'd always be like, hey, what about Bats? We can watch Bats tonight. And I they, still don't like, know what coll- it's about. Collectively, as a group, go, or <laughs> watch something else. <laughs> the best no thing that we would do about. with Family Video is and this episode is going to end up being a family video celebration. I don't even care. Uh, the best thing we would do at family video is we would like a whole bunch of us would go and pick one movie each that we, it's like the most random movie we could find. And yes. then we just get a pile and we would go back to the door and pick the most random and watch that. Like, were you with us when we watched a movie called FDR American badass? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I wish. Oh my god! <laughs> the movie was so wrong. Like there's a scene with FDR in a wheelchair, Marco, Polio, and I'm going no, <laughs> no, no. So it's like it's no. kind of it's like it was almost like a Comedy Central movie of just what if American uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, but with like a five dollar budget and more of a a scream seek not scream a scary movie sequels vibe to it, and we're just going. Who picked this out and why? <laughs> but on the flip side, which, someone also picked out like Be Kind Rewind, which ended up being fantastic and hitting us just at the right emotional spot or some weird ones. Uh, somebody picked out something terrible once. We basically made sure that they couldn't pick anything else. Like they picked out like the grudge or something. We're like, we're falling asleep here. No, wait, it was wreck. 
I don't understand why people like Rec. REC? I think it no was clue. Alex. Alex lost his picking privileges after that because Rec was so boring. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, know. I don't, <laughs> I don't think Josh is only maybe Josh wasn't there the entire time. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying to, and like it, that happens sometimes of like because there was a long period of time where I just like did not leave my my room a lot um, for various reasons. But um, shout out to uh, <laughs> Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter being like an actual entertaining movie with the most ridiculous premise ever. Like, oh, love that stuff. Oh, my goodness. Ah, too. Speaking of boring movies, you know what's so funny is, um, so you know the movie Bolt, right? Like it's actually pretty good oh, film. Jeez, yeah, that's yeah. a forgotten Disney movie if ever I've heard. Fantastic one. movie, such a good time. I I enjoyed it. Uh, so <laughs> showing your age with that one. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Uh, speaking of age, I went and saw it in theaters with my grandma. <laughs> and she was like because she was like josh i would love to go to see a movie with you and i was like you know what yes you know creating memories with my grandma like that's that, i have no issue with that i want to say 15 minutes in she was out cold <laughs> like, <laughs> cold, just asleep i was like well i guess i'm enjoying this by myself and i did i enjoyed the crap out of it okay so okay i don't know if you're like me but my grandma all throughout the summers growing up when I lived in Pennsylvania would take me to the $5 movies, the super cheap movies. They're like the throwback yeah. stuff all the time. For some reason, the one that sticks in my brain, I don't know why it freaked me out, especially looking back going, really? That movie is what traumatized you? The, Brent, the Brendan Fraser Dudley Do-Right movie. Really? So so here, here's the context. Here's the context. I don't remember the movie at all, except for this one scene. Of Snidely Whiplash, which I played in the second grade play, and I crushed it, and also got to eat brownies on stage and get to say, suck it, I'm eating dessert in front of all you other pe plebeian second graders, I'm better really than you. Really remembering that line, really proud of you there, bud. Oh, I... <laughs> that was not in a second grade play. <laughs> I just remember that I got kicked out of town because the desserts were so good, and they sent me packing with good desserts or something like that, it was weird. Um... But that is okay sure i remember Stanley whiplash was the bad guy in the dudley do right movie and whoever the girl was i i forget most of this movie she's home by herself and i think maybe this is completely not what happens in the movie but it's how my brain remembers it um like the bad guy's coming to the girl's house and i was afraid he was gonna come and kill her i was so convinced that the bad guy was gonna kill dudley do right's girlfriend you know in a children's movie i got so <laughs> freaked out and convinced myself Oh no, the villain has dressed himself up as Dudley Do-Right and he's going to kill Dudley Do-Right's girlfriend. I got so freaked out. I made my grandma and me leave the theater. I was so freaked Jeez. out that Dudley Do-Right's girlfriend was going to die. I have not gone back and watched it since. And no one remembers the Brendan Fraser Dudley Do-Right. But for some reason, that sticks in my head. There's plenty of other great movies I saw during $5 movies of like, um, oh, was it Fievel Goes West? Yes. Uh, or movies like that. Five dollar movies are great, but for some reason, I'm always traumatized by Brendan Fraser's Dudley Do Right, a movie I'm sure Dude. most of our audience doesn't know exists. You know what's really crazy is speaking of movies that like terrified us as kids. Excuse me. It actually made sense on like why, as an eight year old, um, I watched Jurassic Park and could not get through it. Because of the, like, w for whatever reason, like, eight-year-old Josh. Goldblum. 
whenever we got to the scene where um she finds uh samuel jackson's hand on her shoulder freaked me out so much every single time i'm talking for like 10 years like i, I don't think I, I saw jurassic park for the first time like in college like i just <laughs> did not watch it because i i was like oh no no i just had that like memory of things being terrifying so and i just couldn't watch it for the longest time which is hilarious thinking about like that i just watched a last night watched a horror movie by myself in in the like in like a dark room it's different when you're an adult unless it's the strangers and you watch that by yourself then all bets are off i'm good thank you uh speaking of movies that traumatized you my family will know the movie that i credit for why i'm afraid of snakes if anybody asks yes i am man enough to admit i'm deathly afraid of snakes if you want a white kid to set the new land speed record and beat Usain Bolt in a race, put any form of a snake near me. I almost lost it in Bullet Train, but that snake looks fake enough that I was okay with it. Um, yes. This movie traumatized me, and still to this day, kind of gives me PTSD even just thinking about the movie. The live-action Jungle Book starring Jason Scott Lee. Really? And Lita Hetty, because... Oh, actually, whoa, that's... That's a memory that like I <laughs> and Carrie Owens and Carrie yeah. Owens. I remember being terrified of him like falling Screw in the quicksand in, in the water. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Wow. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Continue. Oh, oh. My bad. Whoa, that movie's man, also like... a whole lot darker than I remember. Of like, hey, this guy has a cut. He's stuck in a tomb that's filling with sand. The sand is going in his open, gaping wound, making it worse, and he's going to drown in salt while literally having a salt in the womb. Womb. That's a different womb. movie. Whoa. Womb. Uh, womb. You got Carrie Ellis being a dick. You got the most terrifying tiger. Like, dude. Like, does okay. it like a guy like drowned from quicksand in that movie? Yes. Oh my god. Oh my god. All the deaths in that Jungle Book go way harder than they probably should for a children's movie. You've got. A dude oh that gets attacked goodness. by a tiger after, like, honestly, one of the most tense scenes in movie history of he's, like, fumbling, trying to put the bullet in the, the gun. He's just like... <laughs> oh, my. And, like, and then wow. the dude, like, yeah. like, gargling quicksand as he's dying. You got the guy that dies from salt. Wow. You get the most terrifying snake in the world that drags Carrie Elwes to the death that he so rightly deserved in that movie. And then he, you're just like... Oh man, he's sinking. That sucks. What is he sinking about? Hey! hey. And then as he's sinking, sinking, he sees all these skeletons around him and they're just like, oh god! And then this terrifying snake that you thought already killed him comes rushing out of nowhere and it's horrifying! The CG's not great looking at it now. I don't care. It traumatized me that much that the CG is good in my brain. Also, like, I that King Louis is terrifying because he summons the snake. Like King Louis, yeah. King Louis is just is literally just an ape in that. It's not like Christopher Walken, which is also a terrifying concept. But it was just an ape that just goes crazy. But I remember anytime I see the ape or anytime they go in the temple, I close my eyes or go to a different room because screw that snake and the years of trauma that I'm still getting over because of how terrifying that entire movie is. Great, but terrifying. Mowgli gets shot. Yeah, like Mowgli, like goes Baloo through the almost ringer. Dies. Doesn't he? Like it ends up him like living in the village, like it always does. But like, yeah, it's like a like an actual like really emotional like. Baloo almost thing. dies, and he's got like this trauma and like this swirling. Yeah, like, what are you like, doing, Disney? 
yeah like like oh my gosh like i just went through all this trauma stuff with like my best friend the bear and my best friend the panther um and uh yeah now i'm gonna go like live in a village and like doesn't that, that ends up like almost getting the villagers killed or something like that like that yeah. if i remember right and God, yeah wow memory unlocked and it's again kitty the young girl that is lena hetty from dread and game of thrones no it is no is so stacked you got lena hetty as kitty you got carrie Ellis as the douche um hunter you got jason scott lee you got john cleese and josh is looking it up sure what enough is, okay what, what year was it like 1998 or 1999 maybe 94 94 oh geez dude it got a digital remaster yeah, it was on HBO Max for the longest time oh for some gosh. reason. Oh my gosh, yeah. Wow. This that like Jason Scott Lee, Sam Neill, Lena Headey. Oh yeah, Josh Sam Lee's. Neill's in it as an Indian yeah. guy. Yeah, like, oh, that was weird. Um, <laughs> Carrie L's, like, that's god. Yeah, oh, wow, okay. Josh knows that like... he's watching and closing his eyes for certain scenes. <laughs> Hopefully, as a grown adult who's now seen some horrifying things via horror movies. Okay, no, I'm when I like, started getting... the CGI snake! <laughs> when I got into horror movies in college, I was like, okay, I can handle scary things now. I'm gonna look up the YouTube clip of the snake from Jungle Book and see if it still terrifies me. And I actually got scared just looking up going, please don't be the thumbnail, please don't be the thumbnail. It's not the <laughs> thumbnail. thumbnail. What does it look like? I was like, uh, oh, the CG looks so much worse than I thought. But my heart is still pounding because this snake, they treat it like it's Michael freaking Myers with how much they build does. up. And like, they really do. Like they build, oh, build the snake up as the most terrifying thing. And oh, God. That There's, movie, man. Oh wow. That movie still gives me trauma to this day. Gosh, dude. <laughs> so many. Core okay, memory okay. unlocked for Josh. Core, speaking of core memories, and did you ever see the thumb movies? There was Holy all these thumb wars. Yeah, thumb wars. And there was. Uh, uh, thumb speaks uh, shooby dooby with me. Yeah, the Indiana thumb. Uh, it was like the. Oh my gosh. Yeah, because they like did a parody of like of Star Wars. Uh, there was one of uh, Indiana Jones. There was a Bat Batman one where uh, instead of Batman and Robin, it's Batman and Blue Jay. And he wears this terrible costume. It's so funny. Uh, there's a Frankenstein. Franken thumb. Oh my God. Franken thumb. Wow. Okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. 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 So I remember. That... <laughs> I remember the thumb thing because I remember it was maybe it was junior high. It was one of those class days. Um, So it was in an actual classroom. Josh, you might not know what that is because you're homeschool. Wow. Um, okay. Screw you. <laughs> so it was one of those just like nothing days. The teacher was looking for something to put yeah, on. Of and one of my classmates had thumb wars on dvd with him for some reason and the <laughs> teacher's like, as one does <laughs> yeah i don't he, he's kind of a weird kid um his mom drove without hands on the regular and always freaked me the crap out um and so the teacher's like this dvd says not rated that means it's inappropriate for kids to which my smart aleck butt immediately goes that doesn't that's not what that means you're thinking of unrated there's a difference between unrated and not rated and i go into this whole spiel in front of the teacher of why thumb wars is okay to watch because not rated just means it hasn't been rated whereas unrated means it probably does contain some stuff that's not appropriate it's going haha it's not rated and then the scene with thumb obi-wan and thumb luke happens of what they look at the hall how they look at the hologram and the teacher immediately turned off and goes here it is not appropriate I'm going 
I just told you it's not rated, not unrated. I didn't promise. <laughs> it's my fault. You it's his DVD. I've never seen this movie. I'm just. It's his movie. Blame him. He should Gosh. know better. The Thumb Wars was so what? Like, okay. So for those that don't know, Thumb Wars is exactly what you think it is. It's literally the entire uh, uh, movie of New Hope, just reshot with terrible CGI, and everybody, every character, is a thumb. With, with with costumes on it and a like a they like per, like in annoying orange style put the put a face on the on the on the thumbs and it's like and it's the one i remember princess uh because prince slay it's not princess it's prince, princess cinnabon and she has giant cinnamon rolls on those like actual cinnamon rolls on the side of her head gosh man that was crazy oh i just like josh is unlocking all his core memories tonight yeah (laughs) i have a vivid memory of them like going on onto the death thumb and being like all right road road rogue leader you know check it out blah 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 they start you know sounding off whatever and one of them goes i'm naked and then immediately gets blown up i was like this is this is top tier comedy bro i don't know what this is (laughs) man that's the dark times in entertainment that i know a lot of our audience probably grew up in this time period, but the mid '90s to the early 2000s were a weird time for entertainment, both musically and movily. I guess um, <laughs> you the, could make anything. <laughs> the, ni- <laughs> the '98 Godzilla was allowed to happen during that time period. It's not. It's not that. That's a lot of fish. If you titled it something besides Godzilla and it was just another monster, fine. It's just a movie with bad CG, but it. As a Godzilla movie, even the people that made Godzilla, like Toho, was like, "What did you do? You have Matthew Broderick, <laughs> who literally has killed someone." But this might have been before he killed someone. They Never forget, Matthew Broderick killed someone, and they kind of <laughs> want you to forget about that. <laughs> he probably has. Was it South Park? There's just like, remember? No, it was Family Guy. There's just like, never forget, Matthew Broderick killed someone, and then they just like stop the episode. Family and like, Guy. Gosh, Family Guy is like one of those shows. That it did that all the time. Like, don't forget, uh, what uh, Laura Bush killed killed a dude in a car accident. Like, they do that stuff all the time. Like, never forget. Oh man, my obsession with um with My Morning Jacket, which is a band, um, can't, comes from like American Dad because they have a whole episode dedicated to stan getting high uh and listening to mind morning jacket and for whatever reason my like teenager resonated with that yeah for whatever reason i I was like you know as someone who's never done weed in my life and i've never had done weed in my life yeah it's the rebellious Um, homeschooler in you absolutely yeah because living vicariously statistically homeschoolers never go off the deep end ever (laughs) that is not a thing that happens sure pk (laughs) yeah <laughs> oh my gosh uh, so it's like okay but we're talking about like core memories and like times that we like first saw things and like i have a vivid memory of like the first time uh i watched the lord of the rings like i was like 10 11 12 something like that and like seeing the the minds of moria scene for the first time blew my mind and then like i think that was like the most like i was always into like fantasy and like knights and all that kind of stuff but like i think for me like that was the moment that was like oh wow like there's a lot you can like this big story is so cool like wow like that troll really like looks real and honestly put the to, to to some standards like today the cgi is okay uh it has not held up relative well excuse me that's not fair 
Because like the, the, a lot of the tricks, unless you know that the tricks are there, you don't really know that they're they're happening. Um, but gosh, yeah, dude, my like, dad would point out like, see how it looks a little different here. Yes, I was like, but like I love that like we're part of this whole generation that like all right, when you show somebody Lord of the Rings, you have to, uh, especially uh, the two towers, you have to force yourself to not tell them about how yeah, <laughs> Virgo like broke his toe on that helmet. Oh my god, that's such a gener- <laughs> that's such a, a like generational thing of like every quote unquote early film fan was like hey did you know Viggo Mortensen actually broke his toe in that scream of agony in two towers is actually him screaming in agony because he broke his toe did you not know that that's such a cool that's unique so fascinating. Fact. Isn't cool? and wow. oh my god please don't tell me you were that guy that thought they had the best Gollum impersonation because we all knew at least one person that's like dude you'll never guess what I have the best Smeagol impersonation and you go oh that's not an interesting character feature. You're not unique. And it's either that <laughs> it's or they think they've got a really unique and good Christopher Walken. So it was worse. Oh, God. It wasn't just me. It was me, my best friend at the time. And I think Ben did it too, my brother. Like all three of us would sit in a corner in the circle and do the impersonations and have like a whole conversation, which nowadays I understand like doing impersonations in those kinds of settings can be very, very funny. Um, you just have to like time it right, you know, and the content's important. Like saying mm. like really messed up stuff in a Mickey voice is a lot of fun. Um, but like, yeah, like there was totally that guy that like opens conversation with be like, you got any special skills? Oh yeah. I got a really good Gollum voice. Like the person, (laughs) the person that always did the Gollum voice, the person that always did the Gollum voice was like, made that their one defining characteristic of just like, Hey, here's my one party (laughs) trick that I've got a lackluster Gollum impersonation. You want to hear it? And everyone's just going, we're more or less obligated to say yes, I guess. Like, get it over with? <laughs> we, yeah, to get it over with. Because otherwise, they're going to just bother you about it. Yeah, says the dude that thinks he's got a good Owen Wilson and Nicolas Cage impersonation. But in reality, it's just... <laughs> the same, just pretend the same we're, No, there's a big difference between... Wow. And... Not the bees. They're in my eyes. My eyes. It's you gotta draw out. You gotta draw out the old. Why is that same voice to me? But you can transition. You can transition very easily from the Nicolas Cage. You just gotta make it not as deep. And you gotta, you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta repeat you're a not, little no, bit. You're, you're no, literally I, I the totally Gollum kid it. right now. I totally you're literally lost the Gollum kid right now. <laughs> but see, I will never acknowledge that I can do Gollum. At least Nicolas Cage and Owen Wilson are interesting because if you didn't have the Gollum guy, you had the Christopher Walken guy of just yes, like, no, no, you can't do Christopher Walken. He doesn't actually talk like that. Like, yeah, he, he, he just does it for comedic effect. You do realize that, right? And it's it's very funny. <laughs> oh my gosh, ah. Uh. Like I, I think we're just like unlocking core memories. Like, uh, like I, I think there was a very like. I want to say two to three year run where I was just discovering all of these like very funny movies. Like, I mean, Thumb Wars funny is like, to Josh. Uh, okay. But like Monty Python and the Holy Grail, like I saw at my uncle's for the first time when like my brother, like Ben, Ben and I wa- were sitting in like the room that we we're staying at, at his, at his house up, up in Calgary. No, I think it was Red Deer. No, he lives in Edmonton. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He lived in Edmonton. So Canada. Canada. Canada, uh, as opposed to Calgary, like, Maine, Calgary, Wisconsin. Vivid, yes, I have a vivid memory of like us having a pretty good time with the movie, and then like 
not being sure if it ends and like you know like that that black like it fades to black it cuts to black and just stays there and ben and i both were like i think i'm i would not be surprised if we sat there for like 30 45 minutes being like is is that is that it is that because it was a dvd right and sometimes they don't turn off if they don't have a menu they don't go to the menu they just like stop or whatever and back in the day like way back in, back the, in day. the day when bonus features were a thing dude i no, miss interactive I menus miss the crap out of bonus dude, features okay for those that don't remember another core memory here the bonus features and just the dvd options for uh harry potter and the sorcerer's stone on dvd went so hard if you wanted to get to the bonus features like the deleted scenes back when there was deleted scenes for harry potter you actually had to type in the correct code to get to the bonus features. You had mm-hmm. to tap the exact same bricks that Hagrid hits on the wall in order to unlock the bonus features. It was the coolest thing in the world. Um, Go back to what you were saying before. Something about Uncle in Calgary, because that triggered something. That I was like, oh, I want to talk about that, but I forget what it was, and it's going to come Just back watching- to me. Watching Monty Python, Monty Python for the first time. The yes. whole, like, okay. But he, he, like, my uncle introduced me to the the Flying Circus show that they did, and I was like, "This is, this is comedy gold, but also trash, but also comedy gold." <laughs> so, uh, another just I have not thought this memory in a very long time is, for a long stretch of time, my dad is a big Star Wars fan. Always has been. Yeah. Always will be. He banned the original trilogy for quite a few years because not because we didn't watch him. He would ban them on Christmas because every year Star Wars, the original trilogy would play all day on TV, like on Christmas Day for some reason, whether it was like TNT or TBS. Interesting. And every single year we would have Star Wars on in the background. He's just like, maybe for this year, can we not watch Star Wars? And we're like, what is wrong with you? But like every but, uh, year, I don't know why, but every year I remember on my grandparents like tube TV that was in the kitchen, like having God, watching the Death Star trench run in this like old school, maybe probably like eleven or twelve inch TV that's like yeah, I mean dude, bigger I, that way. Dude, those big old honking TVs back in the day. Dude, I, I watched <laughs> the uh, the entire like first time I saw um, Avatar: The Last Airbender, the animated shit series. I watched on a thirteen inch tube TV with it mm. that had a DVD player built into it. It was like it sat in like a little like like desk chair. I was just like, "This is great." I literally watched the whole series in one day, and I was like, "This is this is prime. This is amazing." Dude, I miss my iPod Classic. No, you don't. I no, you don't. I looking back like, on I, it now, my phone has more storage space than my iPod Classic and that bigger screen. But yeah, back in the day, dude, junior high basketball and high school basketball, I always look forward to. We had one trip per year, per sport per year that it would be like a forty-five minute or an hour-long drive. In which case, you would load up a movie or load up a TV show on your iPod Classic. That is how Whoa. my parents. I don't know if they listen to the podcast or not but sorry i watched an r-rated movie a lot sooner than i should have because i borrowed somebody else's oh, ipod classic <laughs> i borrowed somebody else's ipod classic to watch the expendables the first one and oh, see yeah. that was like that's the definition of you watch this and that's your parents know it and you also steal somebody else's <sighs> ipad to, uh, not ipad ipod to discover a whole new world of music that you didn't know about yeah Girl, what is this breaking benjamin i like this this is great this matches my sadness oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> 
I will not bow. Clearly, yeah, Josh. Back to, uh, clearly, I Josh Jane is, sheltered. but I got her diary. Right. Like, oh gosh, yes. Clearly, we were oh, sheltered. Like Zunes and all that. Oh, dude. <laughs> I had a. I, there's a douchebag that I hate still to this day. Like, I, I hated this dude in my class, but I remember he had. He's the only dude I ever knew that had a Zune with i robot as his one movie that he had on zoom it's a good movie, movie. i'm just like i robot <laughs> i have i robot on my zoom which is like the most 2000 sentence you can have and the best <sighs> line from i robot stop cussing you're not any good at it bro i have a vivid memory of being like of watching iRobot and going, what is this kid from Holes doing talking like that? <laughs> oh, and my all goodness. of us going on our high horse when Shia LaBeouf became a big name actor, going, we remember him from his Holes days, you illiterate swine. <laughs> holes and even Stevens, we're fans before all of you Ben Wagner Transformers fans. <laughs> oh man, imagine like imagine being like. He gets cast in Transformers and us being like, oh, God, we were fans before this. Gosh, dude, that is so weird. We were back in the day of, oh, what was it? Um, <laughs> Back to the Mat or the, what was the Disney Channel wrestling movie? Oh, jeez. I don't know. I didn't have I didn't have no, that. Not, he wasn't in the wrestling one. Zero from Holes was in that one. Uh, there's a Shia LaBeouf movie where he plays like a kid on the autism spectrum or something like that. It's like that's a uh, that's a throwback right there. I mean, that's that's what's eating Gilbert's grape, and that's Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, what's eating Gilbert's grape? That's what I said. That's, that's what the name of the no. Is that... What's eating Gilbert grape? Not Gilbert's grape. Gilbert grape is his name. Uh, Gilbert's grape sounds like the uh, Veggie Tales parody. Yeah, that sounds uh, sounds about sounds about right. <laughs> Which okay. If we're talking Veggie Tales, those yeah, Larry baby. Boy movies used to hit so hard. See, okay, the, also, I was, oh, dude. Okay, go talk about Larry Boy, and then I got something else Veggie Tales related that only a select I, so few people I, will know. I was way more like Larry Boy was cool. Like the rumor weed stuff. Rumor in my head weed for was a, a banger, dude. Dude, absolutely. Uh, but the ones that do it for me are all the parody movies they did towards the end of like oh, Lord gosh. of the Beans, like Lord of the Beans hits it's so, good. so hard. <laughs> it was like three were given to the, the race of men, but they did not know what they had. They thought they had beans, so they cooked them up and ate them. Like, oh, come on, man. That's so great. Or like, uh, the, oh, half spoon, half fork. <gasps> sporks. Oh, and the sporks are the bad guys. <laughs> it's so great, dude. It's so great. Okay, I'm about to access another core memory from Josh. Gotcha. He's going to be so happy. It. Hit me with it. We all sheltered kids. Remember VeggieTales, but more we importantly... We all sheltered kids? We remember the Avengers Infinity War level event that was Jonah, a VeggieTales movie. But God, better yet, dude. the only thing better than Jonah, a VeggieTales movie, was either... The final orchestra song that they sing, praise the Lord. He's got a like, da, 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 or the thing that I also watch to this day and claim it's just as funny now as it was back then, that they did not have to go this hard. But the <laughs> bloopers for the Veggie Tales oh, movie, dude, tree, Kevin, Larry Moss, what are you doing here? <laughs> he like tries to hop on the camel, and there's a plane flying around in the background, all fully animated. Back when like Toy Story two animated their bloopers, yeah. and Stinky Pete just rips one in the box. 
like god like i miss like really fun bits like that like i like i the movies that we get nowadays are so like leagues better i understand but at the same time like imagine getting like watching um inside out and getting little bits of of like bloopers in in, in the in the in the uh, credits at the end, like that just be so much fun. Like, and I miss that so much. But yeah, like the the Jonah the Jonah bloopers. Oh my gosh! And like they they do like what Grandma. four takes? Grandma, <laughs> oh. I sure do love your apple pie. Ooh, kitty 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 kitty. <laughs> like the, the four takes of the pirates like trying to talk about like have their little like behind the screen conversation. My uncle was a like trying to not laugh my uncle was a, was a crab. my uncle was a crab and so at the church picnic we used to tickle his legs we got him walking across the table what <laughs> this is hey man you don't give me a script i had lip this is what you get <laughs> what? oh my gosh dude but the toy story 2 bloopers actually having john lasseter with an actual film slate with like yes. actual takes on it, like they're live action actors gets me every time. Oh, or like Buzz lifts up his helmet. He's got the glasses and the mustache. Yes. Oh, it, I need movies to bring back their actual blooper reels and not just like those cheesy like, dude, where's my car? Like bloopers that they throw in the end credits. Like 2000s comedies just did that for some reason. <laughs> Be like, it was so great. <laughs> okay, here's a very core memory for all like 90s 2000s kids that's i'm sure all of us remember for some reason why is it that a lot of like adam sandler or other like comedies of the 90s and 2000s always would show the crotch kicks in the end credits over and over again all of them they're always so proud always hilarious always so crotch hilarious. Kicks or whatever was the their quote-unquote funniest joke they just play that on replay Repeat, repeat during the end credits. Right, yeah. Like end credits <laughs> right, used to be so much better. They did. Like uh, it, it, people used to be like, "Man, Marvel really started by putting stuff at the end of the credit." Like no, like no, put stuff in the credits, credits itself. Like Minions yeah, actually like, did it. Yeah, we're uh, some of their best jokes of the movie are in the uh, the end credits, and that's not taking away from the movie, but they're just like, "Gosh, dude, I might have to go back and rewatch the story, the Toy Story two, um, and and credits because they're so funny, so funny." Oh, dude, rest in peace. <laughs> rest to what? The the two thousands, obviously. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of happy they're dead. No, nah, I mean bro. it was a wild west. We all remember YouTube our fashion was crazy. choices. We all remember our fashion choices in the two thousands. Josh had still had hair. And a that lot of it partially, partially true, <laughs> depending. Uh, but like also the thing about the 2000s, too, is like oh, 2000s, too. <laughs> um, the, Attack of the Clones, I, much just like no, like fashion was such like a one of the like, it's easy to be like, ah, your fashion choices. But like fashion was not a thing. <laughs> like, like we had people showing up to red carpet events in full denim suits. Like, Look don't you pretend. Like, don't even pretend like we knew what we were doing then. Okay, I just have to know, because I have not Googled this in a while. Since we're not yeah. in the 2000s anymore, yeah. is PacSun still in business? Yeah, they are. Okay, the, because yeah, I they, do they, not they do hear from them, cool like, ever. Because <laughs> PacSun was everywhere. Everyone wore Hurley. Everyone had the exact same, like, checkered 
uh, vans and they thought they were mm-hmm. so original for it. Either they had the checkered vans or they made them become checkered vans. Yeah, which is way cooler. <laughs> and everyone thought uh, they were original by drawing that S. Dude, okay, so here's the thing. I was that kid, uh, you know, me and my friends, we had Converse. Like, I, I was still a Vans kid, absolutely. But, like, we had Converse, and you'd do you, – you'd write on the on the big white part in the tip of your foot. you write right on the left shoe and left on the left on the right shoe. That's that's hilarious to me. That's still funny to me. Are you kidding me? I'm a huge – and it doesn't help that, the, that Converse are literally, like, clown shoes. Like, <laughs> come on, man. That's so oh. funny. What what else? I'm trying to think. What just what other core memories are we gonna access today? I mean, I, I could sit here and like just talk about like the time that uh we I was heading to a major basketball tournament with some with my family and friends, and um we uh the little TV that they had in the car, like the sound went out like halfway through the first time ever seeing Lost in Space with the guy that like the the uh, the guy that plays Joey Tribbiani from Friends. He's yeah, in it. Yeah, the only movie that I can think of him in besides that one monkey yeah. movie. Yes. Uh, halfway through, not even half, like fifteen minutes in, the the sound on the TV completely goes out at the start of a three hour car drive, and we were like, you know what? Let's make up the dialogue, and so we just like made up the dialogue for the entire movie, which uh, you know, admittedly, probably made the movie more entertaining. Um, <laughs> so, uh. uh... Speaking of long trips, this, for some reason, accesses two core memories here. Uh, it's sixth grade. I have a whole bunch of relatives that live over in the UK, so my family's like, let's make sure you see them at least once. Uh, so we take a big plane ride over. Um, for some reason, each way, even though it's like a 10-hour flight, each way they only show Goblet of Fire once. The rest <clears throat> of the movies they play on repeat, but Goblet of Fire, you better watch it that one time because you're not going to get me repeat viewings. Stuart, no, Chicken Little, on the other hand, played on repeat. So, even though Chicken Little's not that good, I'm that much of a procrastinator that I put off putting a paper that I had to do that was due when I came back. I would get so distracted by Chicken Little that I would not do the paper. I have seen Chicken Little way too much. Once is too much. But I have seen Chicken Little probably four or five times now just from that flight. And I still, to this day, do not fathom why they would show Chicken Little on repeat, but Goblet of Fire once each way, even though you could fit multiple showings of Goblet of Fire, I get they'd be like, oh, we don't have time. It's a 10 plus hour flight. Also, that was the first time I ever had salmon was on a flight and surprisingly didn't put me off salmon. I like salmon because of that flight. Uh, <laughs> my other core memory with trips is my family went to, uh, it had to have been Disneyland because my grandma would not have gone to a Rocky Spring training game. But we drove from Colorado to uh, Disneyland. So that's a nice long road trip. Also, I, I have a quick side tangent. <laughs> what, a, what a sentence, bro. What a sentence. No, it couldn't. <laughs> we, drove to, we drove to Rocky Spring training camp in Arizona, but grandma would not have come with us for that trip. Unless I'm misremembering. She would not do spring training. That's too hot. Uh, but I have a... So we're driving to California from Dis- from... Denver to California. Long drive. My grandma's memory is kind of going at this point. So we kind of, we have the portable DVD player, which are just amazing. Um, We kind of set her up with a portable DVD player. And because her memory is going, this is going to sound horrible. But we kind of needed to keep her occupied during the drive. So one of her favorite music was Sound of, one of her favorite movies was Sound of Music. Because she had the Friday. biggest crush on Christopher Plummer, which is, mm. she also had a crush can't, on Mark Harmon from NCIS, which is also kind of creepy. Uh. Not creepy. 
that she liked it, but it was creepy how much she liked both of them. So we put Sound of Music on just a loop for the entire drive. And Which is, I, would, I would have liked to have watched a movie, but she more or less had the <laughs> DVD player all to herself. But also, like, I remember struggling with the, like, binder of DVDs going, okay, I kind of want to watch this, this, this. Disney's Tower of Terror movie, of course. Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I gotta watch the final battle on this on repeat, obviously, for the God, drive. I still want to watch the Dude, that's final such a good battle. Fight. That. I need a 4K so remaster of that, please. They um, won't. That, the series never happened, don't you know? Dude, the DVD player. When we first moved to Colorado, not all our stuff had come yet, especially our TVs. So I just laid on my bedroom floor watching this little, like, DVD player. Um, quick side tangent, though. Everyone at home, I'm sure, will enjoy. Not related to movies whatsoever, but it got me thinking with a road trip. And if my family is listening to this, or even others listening to this, they know exactly where I'm going with this. I've already set the stage earlier within this podcast. I'm coming to this that I don't like snakes. Arizona has quite a few of them. So no on, way, really? We're on another road trip to Rocky Spring Training, which is a really cool experience. But we get out. There's this. Gas, not even gas station, bathroom, rest stop in the middle of freaking nowhere, middle of the desert in Arizona. And as soon as you get in your car, every three feet, there is a sign, stay on path, snakes in area. Oh, God, I was never more scared in my entire life. And also. I set the distance record for how far away you could be from the urinal. And still make it in because I was so paranoid. I was going to have a snakes on a plane situation and have a snake just pop up out of the urinal and just fly at me. And my parents made fun of me because I'm just like, you remember Kronk and Emperor's New Groove like sticking to the wall? That was me. That was me sticking to the wall going, I don't see any snakes, but none of them are going to sneak up on me. Not today. And so I'm like slowly opening the bathroom door like uh, Michael Myers and H2O just going, snakes? I'm not. <laughs> I probably had to poop, but you cannot pay me to sit down for the same fear that a snake that's going to come up and kill me on the spot, not from his bite, from giving me a sheer heart attack. So, not relevant, but y'all need oh, to be entertained. Dude. Do you want to... I've, I've got a corn memory involving snakes, if you if you want, want me to share that with you. It has nothing to do with <laughs> movies, but absolutely. Let's do that and we'll figure out some last closing stories. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um my family we used to camp a lot before my dad got diagnosed with uh sleep apnea um we used to camp camp like a lot and like camping in texas is not exactly like you have to do it in very specific times of the year bring your because, guns people well no, times of the year because it gets so stinking hot um so there was one i forget which campground it was but it had signs like stay on the path you know snakes you know are in the area blah 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 and it was that night we as a group as a family were going to go to the bathrooms because like and when you on camping sites in those days you know like the the bathrooms and the showers were all in one place and like it was you know it just made more sense for all of us to go at the same time because i think we were still at like the age that like i wouldn't have trusted us to 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 go to and from the campsite to the to the bathroom um so my dad like noticed the sign and was like oh all right guys stay stay on the path and Literally, we turn the corner and there's a diamondback rattler curled up in the middle of the road. And like, as we turn the corner, it like looked dead at us 
And my dad goes, you know, I don't really have to take a shower that bad. Anyway, and we all just like turned around and like took an alternate path to get to the bathroom. Dude, the bathroom. I was hiking I was with like, my dad. No, I'm good. Thank you, though. <laughs> I remember hiking with my dad once in Colorado. We would do that every once in a while. We're we're hiking. We're we're somewhat off the path, but not too far. Also, we hear was clearly the rattle of a rattlesnake. I'm just going, what was that? My dad's like, sure you want to know? We're gonna head back to the car now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh gosh. <laughs> um. Okay. Oh. Since I brought it up, and I always have to bring this up because it's one of my favorite movie memories. Um. For the positive, with my dad when we went to Disneyland, tie it all back. It all comes full circle here. Um. Equally this was clearly the same trip as the the sound of music, grandma. Um. <laughs> sound of music, grandma. <laughs> sounded weird coming out. <laughs> I just have a have a like a mental image of Julie Andrews like as like a like a like the like a grandma from uh Encanto like <laughs> Sound of Music Grandma. Yeah, that's the same trip with the Sound of Music Grandma. Um, <laughs> so you don't normally go to the movie theaters on vacation because you can it's vacation. You're supposed to do stuff that you can't do at home. But I remember Man of Steel was coming out and I was so obnoxious of I need to see this movie. And back then. They had these glorious things, youngins, called midnight showings. God, Rest in peace. Showings. They're, 7 p.m. showings are just not the same. Like, Endgame was cool, but I wish that would have been a midnight showing because everyone's even more amped for those. Mm-hmm. So they had a midnight showing at Man of Steel at the AMC at Disney Springs in Disneyland. And so it's midnight showing. We're on vacation. And we knew we had to get up early next morning. I was just like, Dad, please, can we do it? And my mom, I remember my mom looking dead at my dad going, if you do it, I'm not coming with you because it's midnight. <laughs> she, she, my mom very much values sleep. Whereas my dad, for some reason, and I'm thankful I'm taking after him of, he only needs like six hours of sleep and he's good. Um, and so he's like, do you really want to see this? It's like, yes. Promise you're not going to complain about being tired in the morning. Yes, I promise. All right, fine. It's also you like the first did. time we've ever <laughs> picked our seats ahead of time. Like they had us reserve our seats. Uh, so we get like awkward seats, like, almost in the aisle because we're so off to the side but it was so nice after seeing marvel dominate everything from 2008 to 2012 all marvel everything seeing people with batman and superman shirts and justice League shirts i'm going ah, peoples and i loved man of steel then um i haven't i won't say i soured on it but i don't love it as much as i did that opening i still really really enjoy it i think it's just yeah. a little disjointed but i remember talking about my dad with it all that night, still one of my favorite memories that I have with him. And I've got a lot of great memories, but I think movie-wise, that's my favorite memory with him. Uh, I remember talking about whether it was right that Superman killed Zod at the end and having a big mm. old debate about that for a while. And still, still, I, so, I'm, so, still, let me I'm, I'm still up in the air about it because yeah. people, Superman has killed before. He does not have a no-kill policy like Batman does. That being said... I don't think killing was the only option on the table in that situation. Mm, see, I think, and I, I think yeah. he could have done more to get Zod out of that predicament. I don't know. Fly upwards? But he couldn't fly, remember? <clears throat> no, it's not Tom Welling. Yeah. I, I am very much of a uh, of the mindset that he's brand new Superman and hasn't really had to deal with stuff like that. So his brain is not thinking of, you know, new inventive ways to, to, you know, deflect laser beams. Um, so to him, maybe that was the only choice. And I, I think that in some ways 
yeah, I, I think Zod would have just kept going. I don't think he would have stopped. I think even if Superman had tried to, uh, had had successfully like made him not kill the, that that family without, you know, killing Zod, I think Zod still would have tried to do something to that effect. I, I don't think that would have changed much. Fair, but also to your point, no. I wasn't tired the next morning. For some reason, I was so <laughs> amped from the night before. I was like, I'm probably running on four hours of sleep. I don't care. Superman. Now let's go ride to Matterhorn. <laughs> it's so crazy, though. Like, the more I think about it, the more um, I kind of realize a lot of the movies I've, I, I've seen that, like, have, like, core memories uh, were all, like, ones that I saw on trips. So, like, like um, Hot Shots, Part Deuce, um, Airplane, um, uh, Kung Fury. Kung Pao, Kung Pao. Like I have vivid memories of seeing those like on trips, like Boy Scout trips, obviously. Um, not my parents would not have showed me airplane as a 14 year old. kid. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. Like seeing those like vivid core memories of like, gosh, it really is crazy that like thinking about it now, like hot shots, park deuce airplane and Kung Pao, like, shaped my sense of humor and i think you can even yep. tell to this day like it is like very much my sense of humor um but yeah like it's it's really it's crazy to think that like something like a, what what would that be like an hour and a half it's crazy to think that like an hour and a half like can have that like vivid of a of a memory like i could tell you like it was on a laptop in the middle of, of in, in between the the front and passenger seat and you know, my buddy, my buddy Austin was right there. Ben was in the back. Matt was on the other, was behind me, and we were all just laughing. And then once that was done, uh, like we hooked up Austin's um, his Xbox and played Halo in the car on the way there. So it was like, God, like I have such like a vivid memory of like trips and like. I, I didn't, maybe that was like we didn't really have podcasts and like mobile game gaming wasn't really a thing yet. Uh, like it was, but we like I had jetpack joyride on all of our phones and temple run. Yeah, exactly. Like it was like, but like up, up until uh, we, we got a uh, Nintendo DS, that first one, baby. Mm. And uh, we had uh, I have a vivid memory of playing sitting there back. At, ben was like in the seat in front of me and I was behind him. And I, we had a guitar hero for our DS. And so we'd sit there and play the same songs and then try to get better scores. Oh, that was just cool. Just like, it was so like such a weird, like a contraption to have to hold the DS in your hand and then have a pick for the, for the touchscreen. It was weird. It was weird, but, but it was like, easy because there's only four buttons as opposed to five. Yeah, you exactly. have to slide oh, dude, your hand. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine if they like actually attached a, uh, like an actual, like, neck to it oh that would have been crazy but yeah it, it was such a weird thing but like uh, it's very interesting to me like a lot of my core memories when it comes to movies and stuff like that it like a lot of them come from traveling moments which is very i guess maybe that's not so odd for like people our age but like i guess like that doesn't like sound right to like people our, our world today anyway well, what do you guys think? What are some of your all-time, like, most random or funny, entertaining movie stories that you have that are somehow connected to movies or entertainment? Let us know in the comments below. Always like hearing from you guys. It's always entertaining reading some of your comments and your stories, so let us know some of your stories. Uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube. And if you aren't already, subscribe to us on YouTube. Help us get to 700 subscribers before the end of the year. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals. 
Wait, Nate, you didn't do the announcement. Oh, yeah. We're not going to cut it yet. We're not going to cut it yet. Yeah. Thanks, Josh, for saving this. Yeah, no Uh, problem. So this is episode 190. Gosh, we've been doing this. It doesn't even feel like we've been doing this this long, but we really have. So for our 200th, I've been working on something, and I'm still kind of chipping away at it. I'm almost caught up, though. For our 200th, Josh and I probably won't be here. We might have an intro and an outro, but by and large, you're going to see old Josh and Nate in terms of it's going to be a clip show. (laughs) It's going to be a clip show of all the best, worst, most iconic or random moments from like random out of context moments, big moments from the show. Uh, Basically, the highlights of 200 episodes worth of the Uncharted Media podcast of like Tinfoil Hat Theory, the first time that made its debut. Um, the very first intro that we ever did for the show, sporadic jokes that have been recurring things, the first time we ever had merch on the show. We've got a lot of what we <laughs> would probably bit, consider yeah. highlights, but... Yeah, there was a bit for a long time where I just made up a sponsor every single episode. <laughs> I have that! I have that in there. Uh, but also, um, I've gone through most, almost all of the episodes. I think I'm down to like 28 or so episodes left to listen back to. But if there's any episodes that are moments in particular that you really, really enjoyed or you want us to make sure that we include, let us know down in the comments. Let us reach out to us on various social media. We're going to make you guys a part of this. So the 200th episode will be a highlight celebrating the 200th episode that we got so far because you guys have been awesome. You stick with us and hopefully we can get 200 more from there and continue to make this show because it's it's always entertaining. It's the highlight of the week. Is it difficult sometimes? Yeah, some days I don't feel like doing graphics. Some days I don't feel like doing recording, but it always ends up being worth it. So we're going to celebrate the 200th episode of us, frankly, still not knowing what we're doing after 200 episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's about true. And I think even like when we quote unquote know what we're doing, I don't think we'll ever know what we're doing. Oh, no, I'm purposely leaving in and not touching anything audio related so we can hear how much it's changed over the 200 episodes. So if you have best moments, let us know down in the comments below. And once again, stay sharp movie guys and gals.